like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock! That's what we call a sack lunch! I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. TJ, I just saw your tweet, and you said you weren't sure, but Nikki Andrews sick, not doing well. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I've just seen a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of prayers up for Mickey. I re- I just reached out to some folks in Tallahassee to to try and see if we can get an update. Uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously a little older uh, guy, so not not maybe not super surprising. Um, but yeah, I just heard he was in the hospital. Heard he wasn't doing real, real well. But nothing really outside of that. So I don't want to spread any rumors. I'm, I'm literally just seeing that. I haven't confirmed that anywhere. I would hope that'd be something that you know people wouldn't just make up. Uh, but either way, send, sending prayers up to Mickey, even if he's home and resting well and watching watching the morning news. We'll we'll send a prayer up to Mickey. Obviously, FSU legendary defensive coordinator uh, during the dynasty run. During that run of the 90s, you could argue he was the premier, or you could say one of them, but premier defensive coordinators in the game of college football. He was that good. And he, TJ, now let's, let's also admit he had some ridiculous talent to work with, too. Yeah, no, but, you know, what was so great is, like, you know, and coordinators just don't do this anymore. I mean, I think the most recent run that you can maybe remember is, is Dabo's guy sticking it out pretty pretty long. I mean, they're all gone now. But coordinators just don't stick around like that anymore, right? There's right. no lo- – and I don't want to say there's no loyalty. That's just not the game we play in anymore, right? Like, guys want to advance their careers, and I think it, it models our society, right? Like, people don't work at a corporate job for 40 years and then retire. They work for two or three years and then try and advance their career up the – up the corporate ladder. So I'm not blaming coaches. I just think that's a model of, of the way that the world works now. But he was really the last of a, of a dying breed back then because he could have left so many times to, to take another job or to be a head coach or, or, or to really, you know, advance his career. But there was a different kind of loyalty back in the day. So, yeah, and so FSU fans absolutely love him for that, right? I, you, know, uh, you know, he's still a guy that, you know, you saw around the program even last year. So, yeah, I mean, just completely dominant. Again, ridiculous talent. But, I mean, he was working to get that talent in there and develop that talent and, and a really special guy to watch for sure. T.J. Pittenger with us every Thursday right here in this slot. Any news? It's kind of quiet. Was there any signing day news for Florida State? Florida State took a linebacker, Dylan Brown-Turner, 
Uh, he's a three-star kid out of Texas. Wasn't super highly sought after. You know, didn't have, like, an incredible offer list or, or anything crazy. Uh, you know, he's not a kid that's going to come in and make an immediate impact. Um, you know, and to be frank, he, he may never make an impact. But, uh, you know, chip-on-his-shoulder kind of kid. Mike's actually got a pretty good hit rate with lower-rated kids. He's batting about 50% or, you know, batting about 500. Don't Don't let uh, the baseball purists get – you know, mad at me for saying 50%. But he's batting about 500 there, and so we'll see. I think they like him for culture. They like what he can maybe do um, in a year or two and see if they can develop him and uh, go from there. But, yeah, not a guy that, you know, not a guy the fan base is super jacked up about or anything real crazy, kind of a last-minute take. They have the scholarship available, and they kind of like their odds of, of being able to find a diamond in the rough, which – Again, Mike's done a pretty good job of that. If you can, if you're lower-rated guys, your guys that aren't really sought after, you can go about 50%. You need to you need to continue to turn the the depth and the roster over. So we'll see. And I think in the era of the transfer portal, if he was to be here a year or two, and it became pretty evident that he wasn't going to really produce, I think they'd probably try and help him find a new home where he could go and get on the field and play. And so, kind of a, a high high reward, low risk take. But other than that, no, no real news. I mean, guys are, you know, off-season workouts and different things going on, but nothing real crazy going on at FSU right now. It's it's a slow time for the first time since, I don't know, this time last year probably. Does it make you sad at all that it used to be such a wonderful build-up to the first Wednesday in February and you would have all those huge January visits, probably no team through that stretch of the 90s and maybe early, early 2000s, and then the lost decade hit for Florida State. But finish better than Florida State on that day, waiting on players, getting them a high hitting percentage, batting percentage, and that's all gone now. Yeah, it makes me sad because December is – you know, basically hell on wheels with how it all gets crammed into December now with, you know, you know, bowl stuff, draft stuff, uh, the transfer portal, and then signing day in December. So that's why it makes me sad. You know, essentially it just backs it way, way up. I'll tell you what it really does is it, um, you know, it certainly takes a lot of the steam and the hype out of February. You know, I didn't even care yesterday that it was signing day. Like, it didn't matter. Florida State wouldn't do anything that Dylan Brown-Turner kid, like, he flipped on, on Tuesday, so it didn't, you know, it's not, or on Monday, I'm sorry, so it didn't really even, you know, he signed yesterday, but no big deal. And I'll tell you what it really does. It keeps, um, it, it, it really keeps the, the results of your season from mattering, right? We talked about, you know, people said, oh, Florida State 10 wins. Well, why didn't they recruit better this year? Well, kids have already made their decisions up by the time that December signing class is coming around. So if you had two months to preach that, and you could really preach that through December and January and start to get guys back on campus because signing day was in February, you might have seen them climb five or six spots up into the high teens or maybe flirt with that top ten. But, you know, there's just not enough time. And so I think you're seeing the results of that 10-win season take effect now in the 2024 class where they have a top five class. But um, that's I think that's the biggest detriment. I'll say it does reward coaches that – make it through the year because your classes, you know, in December are terrible if you're taking over a new team because you just don't have enough time between getting hired and uh, taking over your new team to matter. But, yeah, I mean, February signing day used to just be a ton of fun. 
and they're just it's just kind of irrelevant now. I've heard this proposed, Bill, and I'd love this to happen. I'd say move early signing day to, like, August. A lot of these kids love committing and being locked in and being done before their senior season starts. Like, before – and that's why you see so many commits in July. You see so many commits in August because they want to be done and not thinking about it, not having to think about – Oh, man, am I being recruited? They just want to focus on winning that state championship or getting that done. So I'd say move the early day to, to August and then have February signing day. I don't know if December makes a lot of sense. Um, so, anyway, I, you know, but the NCAA doesn't do anything that makes sense, so they probably won't do that. Yeah, that's been a proposal. Now, the only problem with August is it's complicated because you're in camp and all that trying to get ready, but, I mean – Maybe, but I, I even brought up yesterday, why not try it in July? But then the excuse is going to be, well, that's the time we're trying to get vacations in. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think, you know, I think being in camp in August and then having a, a two or three day period that it happens is no different than, you know, the craziness that's going on in December with the transfer portal and bowl season and try exit interviews and guys going to the draft. So, I mean, it's going to be busy anytime you do it. So, I actually think that, you know, moving it off of December would, would be a little bit of a relief with how crazy December is. Um, so, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know that there's a great solution to it, but I, February stuff might be a thing of the past. T.J. Pittenger joins us. Anything that Florida State came up short on in the portal or recruiting, meaning a position group? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, so um, – you know, I think the, the, the position group that fans would maybe like to see a, another take or two would, would maybe be safety or linebacker. I think linebacker is a position that Florida State feels really, really comfortable with, but it's just not a super deep position. I, you know, I think the defensive line is super deep. I think secondary is actually really, really deep, but if you could get like another star or another impact player there, you would certainly take it. I don't know that they felt that guy was out there, and that's why they didn't really go after anybody super hard. But if there was like a Fintrell Cypress out there at safety, that, that's probably the kind of guy they'd want to be able to take there. They've got plenty of numbers back there, but I don't think that they feel like that is uh, – I feel like if they thought they could get like an impact guy, like a true number one, they'd go after that at safety. And then I think if they could find a rotational guy at linebacker, I certainly think that they would go after him. I think that – um, they like their first, I'll say, four linebackers a ton. And then you got a lot of youth in there with a couple of highly recruited guys that came in on this class, some young guys from last year that you hope step up. But if you could get another, you know, number three, number four linebacker somewhere in there just to help out with depth, uh, I, I think you'd be pretty happy. But, I mean, yeah, outside of that, and, and you're really being nitpicky asking that, for right? Like, you know, could we get some depth at linebacker? Could we get maybe an impact guy at safety? Outside of that, I think they're thrilled with exact how the entire roster looks right now. Allen in Tampa asks, heard anything on Mickey Andrews? Allen probably wasn't able to hear us early on, but TJ, you just are hearing the same things that perhaps he's not doing well right now in the hospital. Yeah, again, I haven't confirmed that, just kind of seen that floating around, but hoping it's not accurate. But, yeah, just don't don't have anything yet that's confirmed or anything – like that. TJ, tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, if you go to YouTube or any social media and you just type in Double Fries No Slaw or search my name, TJ Pittenger, um, you can find it all there. 
we try and bring some content every day. So check us out. Good stuff, man. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. There he is, TJ. Coming up, yeah, it's Thursday, Griff. He's down in Mobile, Alabama, Senior Bowl. We'll get an update from him, obviously, news. We have not talked to him about Stetson Bennett yet. Not only the incident over the weekend, but what are they saying down there? I mean, I've read some things about him as a future potential NFL roster quarterback. Among other things we'll talk about. That's not the only thing. That's just one of them. So we'll go down there and get grip as we continue. Omni Nashville Hotel. your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravia. Grab your tickets by visiting grizzlies.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanofRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get a five Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now and treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob's Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown 
and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. It's a Bill King Show. In Little League football, they play it off. You can't do it in college football, Bill. You got to come up with a bunch of computers and some BCS cockamamie scheme. My answer was yes. It's unique. Absolutely love. I go into my garage every day and make sure there are no dust particles on those BCS computers. I do that. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. College sports. Bill King knows a few things. Griff joins us. Usually Tuesdays, but travel and life happens. So we've got him today. Good to have him. Down in Mobile for the senior bowl. Griff, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Bill. Your thoughts, because we haven't talked about it yet, Stetson Bennett and the incident over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Same as before, you know, just concern and, you know, just I guess Stetson was down, uh, is in Texas training, and, uh, you know, just got sideways into something. And, yeah, I mean, just concern, like, man, you know, the guy's uh, – Big time in life right now with the NFL draft coming up, and uh, hope's kind of a wake up call, I guess. Have you been able to talk to anybody at Georgia about this? Now, who in Georgia is going to talk about this, Bill? Don't know. I got to ask the question. <laughs> I mean, you think Kirby Smart's going to talk about this? I, I, th- I don't. I thought, I don't think I thought you had an audio talk. clip with Kirby for me. That's what I thought. No, I don't have Kirby Smart talking about this. I don't think Kirby Smart's talked uh, since the championship game uh, with the media. I, I don't think Kirby's recruiting. Kirby's moving on. I don't. I don't think there's anything Kirby's. You know, Kirby's not his dad. I don't think Kirby's got anything to say about it. It's a former player, and uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but no, Georgia doesn't have a comment. I mean, he's a he's a former player. He's he's done at Georgia. I I, I tried to get his agent, uh, but you know. Nobody's really saying anything. I mean, the guy got sideways, got arrested for public intoxication, and, you know, life goes on. What are they saying there in Mobile about it? Not much. He's not here, and, you know, he's not one of the quarterbacks. He's not projected to go in the first round. You know, they're talking about the first-round quarterbacks. They're talking about the guys that are here. Just it's kind of an off-the-radar thing. Is it a mistake that he's not there? I thought it would have been beneficial for him to come here. I really did. I thought that, you know, if he showed kind of the the grit and determination that, you know, helped him get to where he got at Georgia, that that would have kind of been a sign for an NFL team that, you know, hey, here's a guy that's, you know, ready to humble himself and get back to work. But obviously either he or his agents thought that it'd be better if he didn't compete with the other quarterbacks that are here 
and I don't know, maybe rust on the game film. But you know, the difference is all the all the decision makers are here. You know, like guys that have scouted you before, your scouts that have come to you, but like general managers, head coaches, like they're here and then they see you in person and and you want, you know, somebody to have some interest in you and observe and so I, I kinda feel like it was a missed opportunity, but you know, again, that's it's a decision that him and his camp had to make. I mean, certainly in hindsight being in Mobile as opposed to what happened in Dallas for sure would have been a better scenario. You've been going down there to the Senior Bowl since you lived in Alabama? A lot of times, not every year, but when there's enough guys from the team I cover, I come down here. How many Georgia Bulldogs are down there? I think four. You know, Kenny McIntosh is here. He's had a really good week. Chris Smith. Uh, Warren McClendon's here. You know, Warren was in that, that tragic accident. He's here. Uh, and Jack Predlesny, the kicker. So they got four guys here. Mike Griffith with us. The AJC's Dog Nation. He's down in Mobile where the Senior Bowl festivities are currently going on. What's the buzz down there right now? Is there any theme or any topic that's controlling the news? Um, Not, not really. I mean, it's interesting. This is the first time that um... – but they haven't had like complete team staffs. They've kind of got staffs that are divvied up of other coaches. So there's a lot more teams involved in the coaching process is one thing. And, you know, obviously the head coaching hires are being talked about by the NFL folks. Uh, you know, I've stayed pretty insulated on, you know, again, the stories that I'm writing and what pertains right. to the, the George audience. So I've, I've just been watching, you know, you know, mostly Kenny and, uh, and Chris and they both they both played really well. You know, sometimes when a you know a guy comes that's on the team and he doesn't have like the rest of the team around him, you know, you, you're not really sure how they'll perform when you just put them in a vacuum. And both of those guys have just been standouts. I mean, Chris Smith looks like he could play cornerback in the NFL, and uh, you know, I thought he was you know he's a two time he was an All American there at Georgia, and and Kenny just he didn't get a whole lot of attention. You know, it seemed like every weekend. The TV people, all they wanted to talk about was Stetson, and, you know, why not? I mean, it was such an interesting story, but kind of because of that, you didn't really hear about a lot of the other guys. And uh, Kenny was one of the guys that was a real star. You know, he's in the club with uh, Percy Harvin and I think Dexter McCluster. I think those are the only SEC players since 2000 to have 800 rushing, 500 receiving, and 10 touchdowns. So he he had a hell of a year. And, you know, the NFL people know about them. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the NFL people don't get wrapped up in the sideshow or the circus or the, you know, the oh, the, the story to tell. They they look strictly at, all right, who's going to help our team? And they value their value is based on that, not based on the story. So they, you know, they've, they've been in tune with Kenny uh, all year, and he's kind of been kind of the feature back. Um. So it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday at the game. Anything new on Todd Monken flirting with NFL teams? Well, he did a couple job interviews, you know, with Baltimore and Tampa Bay, and uh, they had a booster event earlier this week, and Todd was there. And there were really no indications that that he was leaving. Um, I think if, if Todd was down here, you know, oh, he's down here to support Kenny. 
you know, a lot of the hiring and interviews goes down in Mobile. It's kind of an unofficial NFL convention because they, you know, there's literally hundreds of NFL people here. I mean, every team's got, you know, 12, 15 people here. It's just super heavily attended. There's so many NFL people here. It's kind of, like I said, it's an opportunity where a lot of guys looking for jobs will be down here or interviewing for jobs. But but no, I don't I don't think so. I think it's it's probably too early to say for sure that he's staying in Georgia. But I think there's some growing optimism, and uh, from what I understand, I mean, you know, he's pretty engaged and in tune, and you know, he helped finish up the recruiting class, and, and Georgia's kind of getting their their prep in for for spring ball, and uh, you know, they they think they can win another championship. I mean, they're not you know, they haven't been afraid to say three peat, which seems kind of you know, out there because I don't know that they, I don't think anybody's done it. Not not in a year where there's been a consensus national champion. So, you know, but the players all think they've you know the guys that are returning think they're good enough. And then talking to the guys here at Senior Bowl, you know, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, everybody, there, there's enough talent there. And then you look at Georgia's schedule, and uh, you're like, okay, well, it's conducive to you know another appearance in the SEC title game. You know, I guess, you know, Tennessee might have something to say about that. They're going to be pretty good next year, I think. Saw Jason Hypel a couple of days ago and talked to him off to the side and kidded around with him a little bit. And, uh, you know, he feels good about his team, obviously. And South Carolina, I guess you just never know. I mean, they got Rattler back, and, my gosh, the way they finished the year, beating Clemson and Tennessee, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really believe. I think South Carolina win the East, but. Boy, maybe they can. I mean, Beamer's doing a great job, so um, it'll be interesting. Georgia, dog, you just touched on this, but he said Monken being at that booster meeting, and and again, you you touched it there. Is I guess I guess somewhat of a good sign, right? You just would think. Well, if that, he wasn't there, it'd be a bad sign. That's right. kind of the way I looked at it, you know. But yeah. the fact, and then when he he wasn't just he was there, he was prominent. And, you know, he looked happy. You know, I I don't know what Todd's end game is. I don't know what you know anybody's end game is professionally. Does he think to himself, you know, eventually I want to be back in the NFL? Does he think, you know, my career won't be completed unless I win a Super Bowl? It's just really hard to know. You know, and you look at his track record, and you know he hasn't been anywhere. I think there's only one place he's been where he's been there more than three years. So, and it's kind of the nature of the job when you think about it. Um, I think I also read that if he comes back, it'd be his fourth season, and he'd be the longest tenured OC in the SEC. What, what does that tell you about the league, right? Wow. So, I don't know. But then again, you know, right now he's the highest paid. Uh, or he was, I think he still is, the highest-paid assistant coach in the country. And he's got a really good situation to work with. He likes his quarterback's room. You know, the quarterback situation in some respects will be better. I know that it was pretty well documented. I think Stetson said him and Munkin butted heads. You know, that, that had to be kind of a, you know, not optimal in terms of his, you know, the way they had to communicate on game day through a third party. From what again Stetson told us all that, so maybe maybe it's attractive to come back and work, you know, try to win another title. I mean, him and Kirby seem to have a great working relationship versus jumping into some unknown waters in the NFL where your job security is 
well, anybody's job security is year to year. I mean, you saw the guy that was the Michigan OC, Josh Gaddis. He was assistant coach of the year in 2021. He goes to Miami, gets fired after one year. So I don't know. It's hard to know what Munkin's situation is, but right now all systems seem to be go. Like positive, positive at Georgia. Griff, I know you do podcast work from time to time with Jeremy Pruitt. Are you hearing anything about the Alabama flirtation that's seemingly been on and off for quite a long time? Yeah, you know, I haven't done anything. You know, we did Jeremy through the championship game, or I did, and I only I texted with him a little bit yesterday, and he didn't really, you know, show his hand on anything, and I don't really push him for that. I mean, that's kind of sure. a, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty highly classified stuff. And, you know, my my relationship with Jeremy is like, it's not like, hey, tell me what you're doing. I need to know what you're doing. I want to be nosy. You know, when I talked to him about the Tennessee situation, it was obviously unresolved. Tennessee didn't want to pay him any buyout money. He thought he deserved some of that money. He has a lawyer. Tennessee has lawyers. You know, the NCAA has some role in the resolution. And it's just kind of one big thing sitting over there. Now, as far as the Tennessee football team, it doesn't affect them. I mean, Hypo said, in, you know, last year, you know, hey, this thing's a speed bump. You know, they're not, they're not even looking back. Tennessee's Tennessee football has moved way, way past this and moved on and doesn't even affect them, doesn't even play a role. You know, but, you know, there's lawyers involved, and, you know, I don't know all the legalese of it, Bill, so I don't really have an answer for you because I don't really know. I don't know what would be involved. I mean, how would Alabama play into this? I mean, obviously they need a defensive coordinator. You know, Jeremy is an Alabama guy. He's won national championships there before, as as well as as Florida State's defensive coordinator. You know, but on the other hand, you know, he's got an unresolved case, and he's spending time with his family and doing well with his family. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't been able to – pick up on anything from Jeremy or any sense of, you know, frustration. It's just like, Hey, this is the situation. And one way or another, it plays itself out. And in the meantime, he spends time with his family and, you know, makes the most of the, you know, break in life, I guess. Griff, one more for you. We'll let you go. Kirkland down in Macon, Georgia wants to know if you think Carson Beck is the starter going into the spring. Well, he's the guy that is at the top of the depth chart, but they're not going to they're not going to pick a starter in the spring. They're going to wait. Kirby, this is Kirby's way typically. So, I would think if if I were putting odds down, Beck would probably have the best odds, especially if Munkin returns because he's been there three years, and he was the number two guy going into twenty twenty one and. And from what I've seen, his his arm looks great. Um, you know, but you got two other really talented guys there. You know, Vandergriff and Stockton are both really good. But but yeah, Beck's experience gives him the edge, especially if Munkin's coming back. That's that's fair to say. But again, that competition, man, it's going to go through the summer and into the fall, and and you just don't want to undersell any of those other kids because you don't know what they're going to do with their opportunity. Everybody's been getting better. You know, Munkin. You know they interviewing those guys they all talked about how much they learned from Munkin and how they'd rather be at Georgia as a backup under Munkin you know 
for a couple of years than somewhere else where, you know, they weren't learning as much or, you know, maybe didn't have the same championship opportunity eventually. So he carries a ton of weight. Uh, and I, I haven't really seen those other guys play a whole lot. I mean, Georgia didn't give many snaps to other quarterbacks. I mean, it was, it was kind of the Stetson Bennett show, you know, there was a lot of numbers that, you know, he put up a lot of numbers last year and, you know, earned his way to, I guess, the Heisman Trophy finalist. So we'll see what happens next year. But I think everybody that I've talked to feels really, really good about the quarterback room. So that's, you know, that's a positive sign for Georgia that, you know, there's there's not a lot of concern that, you know, there'll be drop-off there. Griff, safe travels to you. We'll see you next week. I appreciate it, Bill. You have a good week. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. People are tweeting me, Bill, is Griff asleep? He sounded, I think he just, probably just rolled out. It's okay. Griff is Griff. I love when Griff comes on the show, man. Doesn't matter what mood he's in. He's always good. He's always good. I'm Greg Pogue. Welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. A six-way tie atop the men's standings is now a three-way tie after five weeks with Moorhead State, Southeast Missouri, and UT Martin at 7-3, and and Southern Indiana and Tennessee Tech a game back each. Southern Indiana's Jacob Polakovich had a second 20-point, 20-rebound game of the season and has five 20-plus rebound games this season, including three in a row. Only one other player nationally has more than one. Eastern Illinois remains in first place on the women's side at 10-0. SIUE's Ajula Tata recorded a lead leading eighth double-double at Moorhead State with 29 points and 16 rebounds. The 16 boards were a career high and most by a Cougar since 2018-19 season. UT Martin's second Robin scored a career-high 30 points, including seven three-pointers and a win at Southern Indiana. Polakovich and Moorhead State's Mark Freeman were co-men's players of the week, while UT Martin's Jordan Sears were top newcomer, and Cameron Hafner of Eastern Illinois was freshman of the week. Tata and Robbins were co-women's players of the week, while Simo's Ramina Hurden was top newcomer. Co-freshman of the week were Little Rock's Faith Lee and UT Martin's Sharneka Curry-Jones. For complete information on this year's Ohio Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank being held March 1st and 4th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. For complete weekly schedules, including live video links, visit ovcsports.com. To find other news and features and more, follow League Favorite on your social media platforms at ovcsports and at ovcsports.com. You won't believe it until you always see it. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue, wishing everybody a great week of OVC basketball. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. 
After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's never too early to start feeling some March Madness, so be sure not to miss out on all the action of the High Valley Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships as they return to the Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st to the 4th as the first entries in the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets are now on sale for just $60 through each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Closer to Bill King, Mr. Spring practice guy because most of the stories coming out of spring are fake news. But I do find this interesting how these head coaches who have a quarterback battle handle it because you want to try and keep your quarterback room intact as long as you can, knowing it's going to get fractured when you make a decision. If you're LSU, everybody already knows Jaden Daniels is your quarterback. So there's not a big fight there, and they've already lost Walker Howard. But they're okay. They're okay. The quarterback room's okay, right? Nussmeyer's still there. they got a freshman coming in. They're okay. They're fine. So if you've got your quarterback, obviously at North Carolina, there's not a quarterback debate at all. But places where you're trying to sift through, Carson Beck, and then the young quarterbacks behind him at Georgia. You want to try and keep that as intact as you can, and they're probably leading on Dylan Rayola, the top-ranked player in the class of 24, and a quarterback, right? And everybody knows this news. That's not a secret of any type. That quarterback room cannot remain intact. But you want to keep it that way as long as you can. And that's why in the spring, even if Carson Beck is the incumbent, you're not going to make that vocal. You're not going to broadcast that. And you want everybody to feel like they have an even fight. And, And maybe in the beginning it is an even fight, a fair fight. But that's one of them. At Notre Dame, let's go to South Bend. Sam Hartman isn't going there because he hopes to share the quarterback job or he thinks he'd be a really good backup for Tyler Buckner. 
that's not he's there to get the ball immediately and go with it. And that's what's going to happen, okay? But you're not going to hear them broadcast it so affirmatively at all. And you want to try and keep Buckner around. Look, Tyler Buckner has a lot of ability and a year behind Sam Hartman, and they'd probably get him some reps. Would be, I think, a very good growth year for him. Got to remember, he's incredibly raw. He's basically played one year of high school football on the field of play. Transferred for his senior year, and that got canceled because of 2020 and California being woke. So nobody played football in the high schools that year. And then he goes to Notre Dame, plays a year as a backup as a true freshman, flashes a little bit behind uh, the cone kid, and then is going to start his true sophomore year and gets hurt pretty early. Then comes back, plays the bowl game, and made a bunch of mistakes, but actually showed a lot of high sight. I know, he threw some pick sixes. He had some really bad moments, but he did keep coming, and he showed a lot of ability. Another year of seasoning, another year of marinating under Sam Hartman would be fantastic. Would he be willing to do that, though? If it's obvious this spring he's not going to be the quarterback, which, by the way, he's not going to be the quarterback. Does he stick around? Now, you got to remember, his sister – and I don't know that this is the end game, is coming to Notre Dame, I believe, is it volleyball or soccer? But she's going to be an athlete there too. She's a freshman coming up. Now that could be a reason to stay. That's not the only reason because your whole point is develop me as a quarterback so I can continue to do this and someday have a chance to play on Sundays. That's the whole point. So I'm not saying family is the only decision, but I would think that would be part of it, maybe a small part, but part of it. But would he stick around? Because eventually it's going to be obvious, if if it's not obvious already, which it is to me, Sam Hartman's going to be the guy, right? Now what do you do down at Alabama? Because Milrow is there, and he's actually started in place of an injured Bryce Young, and actually looked okay until it was time for him to be the guy and the passing game. Problem was they're not as good as they need to be at wide receiver, and he's not a very good passing quarterback. You have Ty Simpson sitting there, and he is good. He's a very good passing quarterback, and he's also a really good athlete. He's both. But how are they going to handle that into the spring? That one's going to be inter- interesting. There's there's several of them. I mean, I'm just pointing out a couple of them here. I mean, we could go through the – Ohio State, we, we spent a lot of time about a week ago talking about the Buckeyes. Yeah, and their, their situation at quarterback this spring. So, I will – I do find those interesting. I don't know what – closure we're going to get at any of these places, meaning something that's public and vocal, but those are all going to be fun to track coming up. Allen down in Tampa. Bill, cousin Billy said he interviewed 23 quarterbacks and took the 24th one. The 23 turned him down. (laughs) 
Well, the kid in Texas did turn him down. Five star. This is Johnny Five Star in Texas coming. Class of 24. Look, if I, I'm not trying to be mean, but if I'm Florida, good riddance when it comes to Rashad. I'm sorry. By the way, he's going to Arizona State. I hope he has a good career. Okay, nothing against him, but that did not need to get fixed. However that went down, that did not need to be, let's let's pacify this kid and his financial demands here. However it went down, and maybe it didn't go down as smoothly as it could have or should. I think it's good riddance he's not there. If I'm a gainer, I'm strongly supporting that opinion. Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic, treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Hey, small business owner, when's the last time you checked your workers' comp rate? For many small businesses, workers' comp insurance is one of their biggest costs. But some don't check their rate often. Did you know rates can vary? In fact, taking three minutes to check your rate with Pi Insurance could save you up to 30%. Just go to IWantPie.com, share a few details about your business, and get a quote that's customized for you with no hassle or hidden fees. We know you're busy, but spending just a few minutes to check your rate could save you money. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for pie or get a quote at IWantPie.com. That's IWantPie.com. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Catch your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravia. Grab your tickets by visiting grizzly.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. This is the Grant Pogue and John Burton Show. It's, it's Miss Amy now for everybody, uh, right? Apparently it's, it's Miss Amy. Amy. It's Miss Amy, Miss Amy. I call her AAS. I call her owner. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, Rand, the boss. You know what she is? She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, uh, she, Damn, uh, bro. She oh, she's she oh, knows, she's a gangster. Uh, oh, she knows what she she's doing. a gangster. She knows what she does. Yep. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. 
spends more time staring at depth charts than any man in any universe ever. It's Bill King. associated with Georgia football to comment about Stetson. I call BS on that, Bill. Well, that's what he said. (laughs) Now, I got to say, Kirby comes from the Nick Saban, which comes from the Bill Belichick. Control everything. Tree. And I could see where you're not going to get much out of anybody in Georgia, and certainly not on the record about that. Number one, if you're part of the football program at Georgia, you're Kirby, or maybe, maybe okay, you're the AD. What good would it do you to publicly comment on that? Now, again, he's done marvelous things for your school but he's he's gone he's on to the next phase in life what are you supposed to say well bill you could condemn it i don't think that's something they want to i just think they want to just let that go away right just let let the news cycle gobble that up spit it out on to the next right I could see that. So I'm not surprised. I'm not that surprised. Yeah, Kirby, Kirby is, and look, nobody's doing it better than he is right now. Kirby's going to have all that controlled. It's his, it's his ship. He gets to run it. Rod brings up one, and I, I knew I'd be leaving out a bunch. Bill, and Rod of Buckeye in Texas. Isn't the Texas quarterback situation, Bill, one of the most interesting? Does Arch wait two years? Does Ewers stay if he gets replaced? If they replace Ewers, I don't think he'll stay. He's got to get more film of his work, more positive, more excellent film of his work. Let's face it, he was inconsistent a year ago. I, I, I'm a big fan of his. He's got all the tools, but he's got to do this. He's got to complete the task. And uh, last year, he wasn't consistent enough. If Arch at some point takes over early on, Ewers can't stay. If, if his goal is to play Sundays, what's the point sitting around there? He needs on the field. Doesn't matter where he goes. He needs on the field. And he needs to be able to stuff a stat sheet. That one is interesting. He is absolutely right. That one is incredibly interesting. No way you were sticks around. Arch will stick around a while. I don't think that changes. Now, I'm not saying he'd stick around forever, but I don't think Arch 
if Ewers maintains that job in 23, that's not a reason for Arch to go. Now, if Ewers, if Ewers maintains that job but then says he's coming back, Now, remember, this next year would be his third year, right? So, if he was good enough, he could go. But, yeah, what if he maintains the job and then right after the season he says, no, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to do one more year. Then we've got a problem, right? Something's got to give. I don't know if you can get two years out of Arch Manning to sit. Idle. Unless, now, now here is the caveat. Let's go back to the elephant in the room. You ready for that one? And by the way, yes, Kevin Hagan will join us tomorrow. I tape him today at about 11.15. Speaking of elephants in the room, the Alabama topic. But, but, what if Arch Manning, I know I, I don't even want to go here, is overrated. What if he's just not that good? There are people that look at his film and Isidore Newman in New Orleans, who they play, and say, the competition is crap, Bill. Well, the competition wasn't any good for Peyton Manning either, or Eli. Didn't didn't hurt them. Competition wasn't any good for Herschel Walker. Competition wasn't any good for Derrick Henry. Playing down there in Uly, Florida. But there are people that aren't aren't big believers. Remember, um, we talked about this a couple of months ago. But but I'm gonna believe until I see it. I, I don't want to judge him too much until we get him on the field. Then I can I can tell in five minutes if a quarterback's got it or not. Now, again, I'm talking about based on super hype coming out of high school. I'm talking about the Johnny Five Star. I can tell literally in five minutes. Personally, I'll give you Georgia fans you want one. Tony Easy. Man, he did some good things early, but I can tell this guy's not big time. He's not even close. 6'5", got the big arm and all that. I could just, no. Easy to do. Easy to see. Who's the quarterback from Virginia went up to Penn State a couple of years ago was so, everybody had five-star. I saw him play, I saw high school games on ESPN, and I thought, well, I don't get it. You, you Penn Staters, help me. About eight, ten years ago. Anyways, fuck when we come back. Charles R. Buck, Omni Nashville Hotel. Derek Dennis, more crippling cold and ice in parts of the country thanks to a swath of winter weather in Texas, 